The Start On Demand. On demand. Manitoba continues to have some of the lowest COVID-19 numbers in the country. Are you concerned that people will start reducing their diligence as it pertains to physical distancing? Also, where are you seeing more people congregating? We saw over the weekend a huge lineup of cars for Half Moon drive through in Lockport and a huge line outside Sergeant Sunday all day long. We'll talk to Councillor Janice Lukes about something people are referring to as the Bridgewater Street Racing League. People in that neighbourhood are concerned about the racing that's been happening on the streets. I noticed over the weekend there's a beer shortage. We'll speak to Torque Brewing about how the craft beer market is doing. And we'll get an update from the Manitoba Hotel Association on what is causing the shortage. I'm Brett McGarry alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb who is off today. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Monday, April 27th podcast for The Start. I love the smell of hand sanitizer in the morning. Mackling and McGarry. (laughs) McNabb is off today. How's it going, Greg? Not bad. Is that Apocalypse Now? Yeah. Was it? I love the smell of napalm in the morning. That, I believe, is the uh, quote from the movie. I just put on some hand sanitizer. So, yeah, it's it's a smell I'm getting uh, very, very familiar with of late. That and uh, the Lysol wipes beside me. So, yeah, but uh, hey, I had a pretty good weekend. I actually interacted with real-life human beings, Greg. Hold on. How did you manage to do that? I uh, well, I was talking to my buddy Kent and his wife Eileen, and uh, yeah, I usually try to visit them at least once a month. But of course, I haven't seen them or any of my friends, uh, other than someone when my buddy Burke has dropped off some cookies over the Easter weekend. And I just said to Kent, you know, like, why can't we at least go for a walk or something, or we could sit in your backyard and uh, have some have some beers. So. Uh, he set up because, of course, it was raining on Saturday by the time I showed up, and uh, he set up uh, just a triangle of chairs in their garage. So we were two two meters apart, hung out with uh, Kent and Eileen and their dogs, Gizmo and Alpha, and it was uh, it was good and it was surprisingly emotional as well as I left because it was just nice to actually see my friends again. It's funny how you. I don't want to say take things for granted, but this, you know, just something as simple as missing my friends uh, was so nice to actually see them in real life. So it was a fulfilling day. Well, that's nice to hear. I, I, I don't know if you're contravening any uh, regulations or suggestions, but uh, I'll leave that for others to decide. Well, and no, for you no, to no, decide no, no, for no, yourself. no, let's, let's, let's explore that. If you brought it up, I, I suspect maybe you, uh, you, you, you're wondering about it. Well, I just, uh, I know the suggestion is that you're not supposed to, you know, cross interact with, with any other households other than your own. And so, but I also know that people have been using backyard setups or front yard setups in order to maintain that social distancing. So yeah, I, I quite frankly, I'm not going to judge one way or the other because I don't know for sure. Yeah, I well, and we were we were wondering about that too, uh, but I mean, the garage door was open. It wasn't like we were in a confined space, and right. uh, we we kept, like I said, we kept our distance, and it sure. was just, uh, 
you know, it was, it, I needed it. We needed it. So whether or not, if I'm, if the, if, if the cops wanted to come or the bylaw officers wanted to come and, and hand us tickets, then I guess maybe we would have been fined. I don't know. Um, but, uh, I also had two house parties on Saturday night. I had uh, one at eight o'clock and then I had another one, a surprise one at 10 o'clock. I get a text at 946 saying, Hey, we're doing a house party. And I said, oh, my God, I just got off one. I, I haven't even eaten yet. I didn't end up eating all day on Saturday. So How did you manage that? I don't know. I was going to eat my leftover pizza after the 8 o'clock house party from Santa Lucia. And then uh, <laughs> and then I we had the second house party. And by the time that was done, I said, okay, I got to eat. And I went to, I pulled the pizza out of the fridge, let it sit for a few minutes, and then I fell asleep uh, before I could actually cook it. So... <laughs> Now, these were the virtual types of house parties, just yes. so that we're clear. Yes, the online app. Sorry, the, the online app house party, yes. For those unfamiliar with it, it's like Zoom. It's uh, one of these video chat apps where you can log on and play games and have a good time. So, What kind of games can you play? Because you sent me some pictures. You can do sort of a Pictionary type of thing. What else can you do on there? There's Pictionary. There's Trivia. There was one that was funny. It was, uh, do you recognize the slang? Because we wanted to see, it was the, we wanted to see if how, if we knew the, <laughs> the the things the kids are saying these days, and uh, it, it was woeful. We were so bad at it. I felt so old. I didn't recognize almost any of the slang that was being used in this oh, quiz. Really? Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> okay. I like I like to think I I sort of can fo- even follow along. Like I, I can. Sure. You hear a slang term and you go. Okay, I think I know what that means, but there are expressions that I have never heard, never seen. Uh, so it was a, it was a, n- a nice sort of stark reminder that, yep, you're 42 years old. <laughs> <laughs> One of your buddies was trolling you. You did that. Uh, you did that uh, Instagram live for the Coach Potatoes on Friday, and I think I saw one of your buddies trolling you about the lack of artwork on the walls in your apartment. But you've mentioned that before, saying that you have it. You just haven't gotten around to hanging it. That's yet. that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. My buddy Curtis, he commented on Facebook saying, dude, you're over 40. Put something on your wall. <laughs> I have one thing on my wall. It's this little uh, aluminum uh, poster, really. Of uh, It's like a uh, fancy art piece for The Matrix, the movie The Matrix. But that's it. That's the only thing I put up on the wall because it's just a sticker with a magnet. I just slap the sticker on the wall and, it's, and then it attaches like a magnet. So uh, eventually, one day, I will get around to doing that. You'd think I'd be doing that right now because what else do I have but time? I was going to say, no time on your hands. Uh, I, I wish I could come over and help you, but I, you know, I, I really shouldn't be doing that. So I, I won't. Yeah. How about helping me with my car? You know what? You're on your own there, man. That is something that I have never, ever been really all that good at. I've been able to change brakes and change my oil and that sort of thing on the on the MG, but anything newer than 1980, forget it. Yeah. I'm not touching it. It's all computer-based, so the check engine light must be back on. It, the check engine light came back on yesterday. I've, I brought the car in last week for some major repairs. I brought the car in the week before for some precursor repairs. And uh, when I left, I was, I mean, I, I love going to see Chris and Rennie over at the dealership. Great guys. Probably but, not that much. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They're like, um, I'd like to see them, but, you know, I, I don't like to have to see them, if that makes sense. And it at does. the end of it, Chris said, 
Well, we shouldn't. I don't think we'll have to see you for a while, Brett. And <laughs> the check engine light came on yesterday. No. So we're going to have to go see them again. So, guys, if you're listening, uh, that's what else can I say? But, ah. Uh. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb tweet from Kelly Moore at Kmore CJOB yesterday afternoon. Lineup to get into the Half Moon drive through stretches almost to Highway 44. Hashtag hot diggity dog. And Greg, we got emails about Sergeant Sunday. And then there's a situation in Ontario at a church. What was the recap on that? Essentially, they held a service in the parking lot of the church, not unlike at least one church that we know here in Winnipeg that's been doing that for several weeks now, where the the pastor appears on an FM radio signal, but uh, London police didn't like that uh, very much, and there's a suggestion that we could be seeing some charges there. But it's having us asking, uh, fellas, whether or not we're seeing more and more people doing things, pushing the limits of the public health orders and the suggestions for physical distancing. Uh, Braun, are you, are you seeing people pushing the line a little bit? Uh, no, because I haven't gone anywhere in which I've even seen a line. So I'm out on the edge of town. And if I go anywhere, it's usually for a drive. And I like to go for a drive out in the country just for the change of scenery. So I, I've actually not seen hardly anything at all. A little bit at the grocery store, maybe, but that's it. What about you, Kelly? You, tell, you, were, you were in this lineup at Half Moon. How long were you there, first of all? Well, it, it was exactly one hour uh, from when we started in the lineup to when we received our food. And I have no concerns over how they handled it at the Half Moon. We never got out of our car. Uh, we were always uh, uh, making sure that we uh, recognized the, the six-foot distance and social uh, distancing uh, with their staff. And I'll tell you, they have it down to a science. They did a fabulous job there. Uh, and... and people might say, oh, I'm waiting an hour for your food. Well, I guess we enjoyed uh, kind of making eye contact with other people as, as they were driving by and giving them a wave and that type of thing. So it was a nice break from uh, uh, sitting and watching Money Heist on Netflix. Oh, you've been watching Money Heist? On your recommendation, my friend. Oh, boy. Well, I'll have to have a sidebar chat with you about that. Um, so you waited an hour, and Tim is texting us, by the way, Kelly, saying this weekend Half Moon was not nearly as busy as last weekend. So had you gone last wow. weekend, you might have been waiting anymore. When, when yeah, they- and I just I want to just add one quick thing, too, Brett. As we were driving out on Chief Pegwis Trail, there were lots of people walking, but all maintaining a proper distance so you know people are going to get out like if there's a lot of cars as long as you're staying in your car you're not making contact with people how did it work when uh, you got your food did they like hand Uh, it to you directly they uh, they had gloves they uh they handed it in a a brown paper bag and and with their arms outstretched and the i guess the only other thing you could maybe do brett is you could have i don't know if you you had a hook or something like that with a long pole to to give it to the cars but uh uh you know i i want to give a shout out to the half moon for uh, showing some real business savvy to adjust to the conditions. Now, Jeff Forte, you have you have you gotten any takeout yet since the pandemic began? I have not. Okay, so uh, is that because you're concerned for for your health? I am. I I just I, I don't see the need. You know, might as well just go and go to the grocery store. Yeah. You know, 
go out as little as possible, but I still go out for walks. So I try doing that on, on a daily basis, and uh, I find that people are trying to self-distance. Uh, there's only one summer I saw, like, eight people riding bikes, and they were quite close together, but besides that, I don't really see a problem. Although I do, you know, like you said, I play Frogger with people yeah. when they're walking on the sidewalk and you're ditching them, you know, <laughs> getting out of the way. But, uh, yeah, no, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I went for a walk yesterday, and there were there were a couple of times where I was right up against the wall on Osborne, so I had nowhere to go, and the people who were coming towards me didn't get out of the way. So at one point, I had to like com- like turn and face the wall, like I was uh, like a, a Mission Impossible, like I was going to scale the wall like Spider Man or something. Um, and I I wanted to say to them like, "What are you doing? Like, get out of the way. Give me some room here." What about you, Mackling? Are you concerned with anything you're seeing? Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned because I'm starting to hear from people who I consider super respectful and people I've had in-depth conversations with about this situation and what's going to take to to get through. So I'm starting to hear more about backyard gatherings and people getting together like you did this weekend, Brett, in the garage. And uh, they're very emphatic in saying that they're creating that distance that's required but the fact that they're they're going to other people's houses i think has me a little bit concerned i was just doing a back and forth uh with someone on text message about their concern about this we are two weeks now removed from easter i know there was some concern about whether or not people respected the orders over the weekend uh of easter and i suspect we'll find out in the next two or three days if we see a a bump in cases here in manitoba so that's probably my my big concern that I'm hearing people that I imagine are super respectful of this thing starting to push the boundaries a tiny bit. Earlier this morning, we were talking about the incredible lineups at Sergeant Sunday and the Half Moon out in Lockport. These are rites of passage as spring arrives in earnest. We had thunder showers and a double rainbow in some parts of the city last evening. Spring is here. Yeah, and another sign of spring are motorcycles on the roadways and emergence of some of the gorgeous classic and sports car uh, that uh, come onto our streets. Sunday night cruise night, of course, has been a long-standing tradition in this part of the world, part of Winnipeg culture, I would argue. Most people who participate behave themselves appropriately. Winnipeg has a reputation, actually, as a classic car mecca. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of amazing vehicles spanning decades in our city. If you want to race your exotic car, no matter the vintage, you can head up to Gimli to the Motorsport Park. City Councilor for Waverly West is Janice Lukes, and she suggests that the drive to Gimli is a little far for some. And on Twitter yesterday, she alerted her followers to the existence of something I had a hard time processing. Councilor Lukes, good morning. What's happening in your end of town? Well, you know what? This isn't new. (laughs) What's happening is not new. It's just more dangerous with more people on the streets now. Um, we've, we have beautiful brand new roads in South Winnipeg, right? Uh, we've got a big strip called Keniston South that comes off the perimeter that's 80 kilometers an hour. That is just, I don't know, it's a little mini version of the Gimli drag strip sometimes, if you ask me and residents. So we've got, uh, you know, they're back at it. Uh, save on foods parking lot is where you do donuts and wheelies, um, <laughs> The police are very aware of this. The police are doing their best they can to police it. Um, but it's, it's, in my opinion, it's ridiculous. 
So um, I'm raising awareness. I'm doing a little video, putting it out today. Very nice, passive video. Uh, residents are very upset because at two or three in the morning, we, you know, we really don't want to hear racing on Keniston and even on the residential streets. I think it's a combination of a few things that are happening. We've got all the streets are brand new and smooth, right? There's no potholes. <laughs> so, um, and you know, there is, there's always a percentage of the population that likes to race. And there is a population, a uh, percentage of the population that is affluent, that has money to buy these powerful cars. And um, it's a lot of combinations here, and then we're ending up with problems. Yeah, I see you've been tweeting out that you've been speaking to police about this. Uh, they're on it. Friday, a large unmarked SUV pulled an Audi over. Yeah. And you've also got a picture here with a whole bunch of Corvettes. So this is this <laughs> happening? Like, all these people are coming out to, are they r- racing or are they just speeding? Well, I was driving on Keniston, and myself and my kid, right? And we're going down Keniston. We see these beautiful Corvettes, right? Three of them in a row. Beautiful. So my kids, you know, oh, go faster, mommy. Let's see them. Let's see them, right? So I'm in the slow lane. They're in the fast lane. So I'm speeding up to follow them, and I'm speeding up, and I'm going, okay, these guys are going pretty fast. Then all of a sudden in front of me, uh, maybe two cars ahead, uh, an SUV, uh, undercover SUV lights up. I thought they were going to pull over the Corvette. No, they pull over an Audi. So I'm happy to see the the enforcement occurring out there, but it's just a nice strip to drive beautiful, fast cars on. Janice, are, now you mentioned the Bridgewater Racing League. Is this something, a moniker <laughs> you've created, or is there some no, sort of uh, was... underground fight club going on here? Well, it's a constituent, right? It's a, it's a very astute constituent that deals with these no- this noise all the time and these fast cars. And uh, I'm not sure exactly where he lives, but I have a feeling he lives around Savon Foods, his constituent, because in the parking lot at Savon Foods, and we've had the police out, and we've had the the, you know, the developer try to police and monitor this situation, but it's three in the morning, they show up and race around and do wheelies and whatever, whatever it's called. So, <laughs> so the police are out doing enforcement. Uh, you say that you've been speaking to them. What have they had yes. to say to you? Yes. Well, you know what? They're doing the best they can. They are seeing an uptake in speeding. If you follow cities around the world, this is what's happening when there's less vehicles on the street. So they're seeing an uptake. They are preparing a very big campaign, a please slow down campaign, just slow down campaign. They're resurrecting an old one and getting ready to launch a new one. Um, but the best thing they say to do is, is call non-emergency or go online and report. And if you just type on online police reporting Winnipeg, there's a complete section for traffic, and and it's true. You can't they can't police things they don't know that aren't happening, right? So people have to report and not just complain. They have to take action and report. And 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 I had one of the inspectors out, the traffic division inspector, this past fall. We had a very bad summer. There was lots of fast cars wrapped around light standards and flipped over in driveways on residential streets. So I had a seminar or an information session. Residents came out. We talked about traffic calming on the street. We, the inspector talked about, you know, what they do. And basically, they, they're doing the best they can do with the contingent that they have. So I just encourage residents to continue reporting.
Janice Lukes is the city councilor for Waverly West joining us now. Janice, we'll let you run here, but I noticed Winnipeg police tweeted out last night, many things have changed in recent weeks. The rules of the road have not. No less than five drivers facing license reviews for speeding, 79, 72, 57, 54, and 50 kilometers per hour over the posted speed limits yeah. last week. These speeds are deadly. Enforcement continues. And I have to say, I, I live not far from Chief Pegwis Trail. And when I use it, I find mm-hmm. uh, that people are passing me on the regular uh, for the very reason you pointed out. There's fewer vehicles on the road and it seems to give certain people permission to go quicker. Mm-hmm. And then and then I worry, and it does. It spills over onto the residential streets because everyone's all revved up and and then they got to go park in their garage. And, and, and there is a spillover on residential streets. And this really concerns me because people are physically distancing and they're walking on the streets. And if people, like, this is a recipe for disaster. So people have to slow down, everyone. Waverly West Councillor Janice Lukes joining us live on 680 CJOB. Thank you for this, Janice. Much appreciated. Thank you. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is off today. I went to get a couple of beers on the Saturday afternoon. Stopped at a place called Beer Boutique on Regent Avenue West. And there's a sign on the door that said, Sorry, we have limited stock due to service interruptions with Manitoba's Beer Distribution Network. We are currently short on stock and may be limited in our brand offerings. We hope this problem will soon be corrected. We apologize for any inconvenience this may cause. Thank you. There have been similar issues in Alberta and Ontario. There was a cyber attack on a distributor and it messed some things up in the network. So we'll get more details at 945 from the Manitoba Hotel Association. Should point out as well, the guy in front of me was telling the clerks he went to the Princess Hotel in Transcona, the Central Hotel. They didn't have what he was looking for, nor did this, this beer boutique. Eventually, they sold him a local beer. That's what I was there for, to grab some great local beer from Fort Gary Brewing, Barnhammer, and the guys we're going to talk to right now, Torque Brewing. Go ahead, Greg. John Heim is president of Torque Brewing and joins us now live on the start. We always love to visit with John. Good morning, John. Good morning, guys. So support local, that's a mantra we've been hearing uh, day after day right now. How are things going for craft beer processors and producers during the pandemic? Well, it's, uh, we are, as many of us know, uh, the, the craft beer industry in Manitoba has been quite robust in the last few years. So we are uh, doing a lot of home deliveries now and taking advantage of some of these supply chain issues that, uh, that Canada is running into. Well, this shortage of some of the bigger brands, uh, I guess that's providing an opportunity then for the local market? It really is, because now it's, uh, you know, when you go to your local beer store uh, and your, you know, what used to be maybe your go-to beer is not available anymore, the help at the uh, liquor stores and the Better Cold Beer stores are offering local options that might ease you into sort of being able to try something that's local that might be comparable at a you know, a similar price, but still with a lot of flavor, which also helps support uh, the initiatives here of the 16 to 20 brewers that we have going on in Manitoba right now. John, I know for a long time, local brewers, craft brewers were finding it difficult to get into restaurant bars, lounges and pubs. I'm hoping and and I've seen that change over the years. Uh, What percentage of your production goes to on tap 
uh, serving and the idea that now that these uh, locations are closed and, and not serving uh, the way they normally are, is this taking a big chunk out of your business? It, it, you know, as a small business owner, uh, we are able to pivot a lot like a Zodiac boat rather than a love boat. We can turn a little bit quicker. Most of our uh, restaurants and bars, we saw this coming. We were able to adapt, and unfortunately, you know, when they shuttered, that's sort of the keg side of the business uh, slowed down to a grind. We uh, had always been canning, so we just uh, adjusted our volumes, and we've noticed that uh, people are, you know, instead of going out to their favorite watering hole, they're having a couple on the deck now that, in fact, I think today it's going to be about 18 above, so uh, I'm sure we're going to see a spike in home delivery sales today. Well, and how has business been? Like, are, are, are you selling a lot of beer? We actually are, really are. I mean, now I know what Jeff Bezos went through when he got Amazon started for home delivery. It's, there's a bit of a nightmare. Um, you know, there are a few hiccups, but we, um, we are bright, we're bringing in staff to help out. Uh, they've all been really good at uh, get, wanting to get out of the house and stay safe. So they're basically, we, we take the order over our website. We deliver it to their front steps. We go back to the car and phone them, and they happily wave from the window and head back inside to enjoy their new purchase. John, how have the evolving rules with regard to liquor production and beer production distribution uh, changed over the last couple of years? Because five, six, seven, ten years ago, the idea of Torque Brewery dropping me off beer on my front doorstep simply just wouldn't have happened. Well, exactly. Well, in fact, uh, you know, ten years ago, we were we we're not even uh, you know anything on the whiteboard. We're, we'll be four years old this August, and. It kind of happened organically. Like we just basically put up uh, many of the local brewers are all doing home delivery now. So get out and, and try your favorite and maybe try someone new. But we, uh, we were able to uh, start delivering to homes, which happened organically. It, we, we never knew we could do it before. And it may actually become a sort of a division of our long-term business plan to offer air to people's homes uh, via delivery. And I, I can't remember, were you, were you guys doing hand sanitizer as well? Well, uh, brewers don't generate enough alcohol to actually make their own hand sanitizer, so we partnered up with Precision Chemicals just to act as more of a depot for folks to pick up. So, in fact, yeah, we were, and we're actually getting in, I believe, another 1,200 4-liter jugs tomorrow to help with the frontline folks. We were talking about different ways to deliver food to your vehicle at a takeout situation or a drive-through uh, situation. One of those suggestions involves the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, but uh, Chris Walby is somebody that you've you've done something with in the last few weeks here. Tell us about that before we let you run, John. Yeah, Chris, as uh, as you know, everyone in Winnipeg knows he's sort of a, a sports institution. He's a, he's a he's a great guy. He's got a big heart, and both someone in his, in his family and in my family passed away from Alzheimer's. So over a beer one night, we decided we should do a Chris Walby beer in aid of Alzheimer's. So we've got a beer coming out. It's an uh, amber lager. So it's easy drinking. We worked with Chris with his palate to formulate a beautiful recipe for him. So special 63 uh, has a sort of a caricature of big Chris on the front. And we are setting to launch that. We believe as soon as the labels are in within the next week or so, and it'll just be a great beer. And the first five orders that come in over our website, Chris and I are actually going to personally deliver them to folks. Torquebrewing.beer is the website. John Heim is the president of Torque Brewing. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us, John. We appreciate this very much.
Okay, hope we'll see you guys in person soon one day. Oh, I would love that. would love that for sure. And, and uh, as John said, try your local beer. There are so many great breweries in this province. They all make awesome stuff. And at 945, we'll get more details on the beer shortage from the Manitoba Hotel Association. Just very quickly here, Greg, you mentioned the Bombers. We got a text at 204-780-6868 that caught your attention. I remember the first time Buzz and Boomer used the air cannon to shoot Subway subs. Yes, they tried to send complete wrapped made subs with the tomatoes and lettuce. They would make it to row six and the bun and the meat to row 20. It was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Eventually, they switched to T-shirts coming out of the cannon. <laughs> Mackling and McGarry McNabb is off today. Question of the day results at cjob.com from Friday afternoon. Brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. The province is looking to resume some surgical procedures. How comfortable would you feel about visiting a hospital right now? 54% say on edge, but okay. 26% say very comfortable, while 21% say very anxious. Cast your vote at cjob.com. We'll get a new question up for you soon as we carry on through the start. School isn't out for summer yet, which means kids at home are expected to be working on their education with guidance from parents, their teachers, and the assistance, Greg, of technology. Greg, are you there? I think we've lost Greg. All right. Well, hey, it's clearly been a challenge for many parents. If you're working outside the home, if you're working inside the home, or perhaps you don't have internet connectivity, or a computer for your kids to work on assignments. Alan Campbell is president of Manitoba School Boards Association. He joins us now live on 680 CJOB. Good morning, Alan. Uh, we've had the Good dis- morning. Hello there. We've had the discussion about technology and getting it out to students in the past few weeks. How is that initiative going? I think um, for all, we have a very, very number of reports from around the province. I think where there are divisions that have the capability to take hardware that is used in the classroom, iPads, laptops, and what have you, and get them distributed to families. I think that's happening on on a large scale. Um, there's deliveries being made with school buses, and parents are being encouraged to come and pick stuff up in a safe, sort of a curbside pickup kind of a way. Um, but then at the same time, there's many communities in this province, as we're all aware, that don't have any internet connect- connectivity of any kind. So then um, there's certain things that you can still use that tablet for, but without connectivity, uh, there's uh, there's limited ways to use it in a meaningful way to connect with, with families. And school boards have been actively engaged with government and with internet vendors to try to uh, assist our member boards in getting uh deals done with uh, internet service providers uh, throughout the province to try to get connections set up for families. Speaking of technology, we Greg is working from home and we had an issue with the technology. We lost Greg there for a second, but Greg, welcome back. Yeah, it's good to be back, Alan. Uh, it's uh, intermittent uh, outages that we'll see when we're trying to connect connect back to the to the station. Uh, Loren lives in a rural community, so she challenges or faces that challenge a little more often than I do. So, what you were talking about is is critically important. What does that solution look like short term? Are, are we making some inroads there? I think so. I I don't know. I don't know too many of the details. I think for a lot of school divisions like my own in Interlake, we've invested millions of dollars in the last decade or so with installing our own fiber optic networks. So 
Um, in a lot of cases, the schools per, um, are providing, uh, you know, fairly close local uh, Wi-Fi access. So some families are being encouraged to come to the school, uh, you know, remain in your car, but for sure, even if it's for half an hour so that you can have, you can use the Wi-Fi that exists on the property um, to access Internet and download some things onto, the, onto your tablet or your laptop. Um, and then in other communities, uh, there, are, there are divisions that have actually put uh, Wi-Fi hotspots on buses, and they're rolling those out into communities. Same thing, though. It's not a huge range, but it gives families an opportunity to pull up alongside uh, and, and access Internet um, in places where they wouldn't typically have access to that. And when you consider that in 2020, uh, you have to put a Wi-Fi router on a school bus and roll it into a community in Manitoba so that they can get Internet, that really shines a really bright light on the connectivity issues that northern and rural Manitobans especially face. What is the feedback you're getting from parents about how they're managing to juggle all their own responsibilities with their children's schoolwork? Uh, We hear a lot from parents. Uh, We hear a lot of good and we hear a lot of concern. Um, Some of the things that we're we're hearing as school boards and as senior administration right now aren't any different uh, than what we hear when we have classes in session. We have families that are concerned about the volume of work that's coming home and we have have families that are concerned um, that, that there's not enough or that there's too much. And the message that consistently goes back to families is your teachers, your students' teachers are ready to assist. And if for any reason you're having any challenges with getting in touch with your teacher, uh, teacher contact information, principal contact information, superintendent, and of course, school board trustee information is always available. Um, And we would encourage families to reach out uh, to get clarity, to ask questions, to raise concerns in that order. Uh, teacher, administrator, superintendent, and then ultimately the school board, um, because we all want to help and we want to make sure that families are having the, the, the assistance and the support that they need. Alan, education has always been a three-way relationship, student, teacher, and of course, parents. I've spoken to several teachers who are they tell me they're working as many hours as they ever have, some of them even more so in managing all the different uh, lessons that they're putting out, videos and uh, different conference calls, etc. Some are very frustrated with the number of students who are not completing their tasks. What sort of feedback are you getting from teachers on that front? We've heard that from teachers. Um, and uh, and. And I think that when you when you take a really hard look at some of the realities, and you touched on it with working parents and connectivity issues, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of parents at home right now who are working from home, who have many who have multiple or many children at home, and uh, and they're trying to juggle a whole bunch of things that never usually coincide under their roof, um, including trying to assist in educating their kids. And then, of course, there's other families where you have poverty and you have hunger and you have uh, drug and alcohol uh, problems and you have mental health challenges and you have socioeconomic conditions that don't make engaging with the teacher remotely even something that's going to come up in conversation. And you're going to have students in this province who will have very little, if any, engagement with their school over this course of suspension in classes. And we know that teachers and school administrators and school boards are very concerned about those kids. And that's when you get into conversations about distribution of uh, food and you get into distribution of mental health resources. 
um, that that for we focus on in school to make sure that students are supported in their learning. And now it's just about making sure that those students understand that they can still have a meaningful connection. So there's many barriers to some of that, um, but we're doing everything we can to reach out to every family. Alan Campbell is president of Manitoba School Boards Association, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Alan, thank you for the time. As always, sir, we appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we've talked about how bird watching is the second biggest hobby in Canada behind only gardening. So we thought we would have a chat about birds, Greg Mackling, with our pal from Fort White. Barrett Miller joins us now from Fort White, although I suspect he's not at Fort White, but that's where he's, he'd probably like to be right now. Good morning, Barrett. Where are you? Good morning. Uh, I am at home in Sargent Park, and you're very right. I would love to be at Fort White, but right now um, I'm enjoying my neighborhood nature nook here. Yeah, and I think the last time we spoke to you, uh, it was inferred, if not strongly suggested, that we might be seeing more and more nature in neighborhoods around the city where we aren't necessarily used to seeing it. Is it a case of being more aware of what's going on around us, or are the animals starting to take back some of their natural turf? It's a little bit of both. Uh, with things being quieter and with uh, with us humans just having fewer places to go right now and um, looking out our windows a little bit more, we're seeing what's always there. But also with a quieter city, animals, birds especially, are feeling a little bit more comfortable in the mix. We're also right, right at peak bird migration season right now. So everything that flew south for the winter is on its way back north through Winnipeg or stopping in Winnipeg. So in terms of the, the animals maybe being a bit more relaxed, uh, I know we're focusing specifically on birds, but have you noticed any other animals who have been maybe a little bit more brazen, like, for example, squirrels who are out scurrying about? Um, it certainly seems the squirrels, at least on my street, um, are going about their regular business. Uh, I've seen raccoon tracks around the neighborhood where I normally wouldn't. I think that even at night, our city is a little bit quieter than normal, and... Uh, I've heard, I haven't seen myself, but I've heard that there's foxes around the city that are getting a little bit more comfortable too. So that's I've, kind of a, uh, something to look for. Yeah, no kidding. Um, uh, my dog looks like a fox. One of my two dogs looks like a fox. So I'll have to be extra careful not to not to let him run around on his own. People might mistake <laughs> him. But I've seen on social media, in particular in Africa, where leopards and lions are reclaiming some of the highways because I'm guessing there are fewer people out on surf- safaris. So uh, the, these animals, even the big game, are getting more comfortable with this change in, in the way we're living our lives. Certainly. And um, I know that we, because we are, have less traffic right now, we need, if we are out driving, we need to be a little bit more aware of what might be crossing, especially in some of those greener areas of Winnipeg, like the Assiniboine Forest. Uh, less traffic might mean the deer are a little bit more likely to try use the uh, roads as a trail. So that's on us to be a little extra cautious. Yeah, and I guess once things go back to normal, if that is something that, I mean, God help, hopefully we go back to normal. But once we go back to normal, I guess, are these animals then going to be in danger of of having to uh, readapt and being thrown off? 
There is that possibility, although I feel that that's probably an adjustment that'll happen pretty quickly. Um, These are very short-term behavioral adaptations we're seeing, very short-term changes to a new condition. Uh, It's the animals would probably not even not even really be aware that things are changing. Just oh wow, roads are busy again. I can't use that trail the same way that I could three four weeks ago. So. Yeah, I hope that we're back to things normal soon, and I think that the animals, I'm not sure that they're looking forward to it, but they'll adapt along with the rest of us. Brett mentioned this off the top, and our good friend Sherry Versluis at the Preferred Perch always tells me about the fact that bird watching is the number two activity in Canada after gardening. Is there a process to be a bird watcher? Is there a formal way to engage this hobby a, a little bit more uh, formally, I guess? Well, I'm glad you asked. There's a couple ways, but I'd like to say that first off, Anybody who sees a bird and wants to know more about that becomes a birder. Um, To really pursue it in a big way, find a guidebook, find some resources. Uh, Fort White's actually going to be helping people. We're launching a video and resource series tomorrow called Holding Down the Fort. That'll help people with their neighborhood nature, including the birds. Setting up a feeder in your yard. Um, We're going to be starting online bird feeder and seed sales very soon Um, but starting a a bird feeder in your backyard to just attract the species that are already in your neighborhood and get to know those four or five visitors that come all the time those are good ways and the birding community is incredibly welcoming Um, if you see somebody watching a little feathered critter in a tree quietly ask them what's going on and they're usually more than welcome to fill you in their passion it's um it's incredible and it spreads. So those would be my tips. You don't need a big investment in gear. You don't really need binoculars or anything to start out with. A simple guidebook and the desire to learn more about the natural world and you're on your way. Is there a spot in the city that's particularly good for the for bird watching? Really, any backyard will get a lot of different species coming to feeders. Assiniboine Park is great. Um, when we are able to open our trails, Fort White is great. Uh, I really like Little Mountain Park. Nice big park just north of the airport. Little hidden gem in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all great places. Along the rivers, even the forks. You're right in the middle of our downtown. We have some incredible bird diversity. I, I saw an eagle uh, nesting in a tree on Taché. I think it was last summer before the promenade reopened uh, along Taché. So we, we do have, a, I guess, an embarrassment of riches here because we're on a natural migration route for a lot of birds heading north. Can you give us the top three birds that we should be keeping an eye open for, Barrett? Okay. Uh, well, I can't name them all, but I would say little songbirds like warblers, beautiful colored insect eaters. They're moving through on the south winds. Um, the other uh, ducks and geese, uh, starting to see ducks and geese that aren't just going to stick around here, but will be moving north. And with nice, sunny, hot days coming, watch way up in the sky for migrating birds of prey like those eagles rising the rising hot air and then gliding north through the red river valley just want to ask you one one final quick question here somebody texting us saying uh, can you ask barrett we had four injured woodpeckers dropped off at our clinic yesterday any idea if something's going on 
No, that's that's really quite unusual um, for injured woodpeckers. No, um, I can't think of anything, although perhaps there's, a, I don't know, a cat or something like that that has found out that it likes woodpecker. Okay. Um, no, it sounds like if they were dropped off at a vet clinic, though, um, they're getting the care that they'll need. Uh, it is probably a good reminder that... Uh, Domestic cats are the biggest predator on uh, songbirds. So while we're at home, we can keep an eye on our dogs and our cats a little bit better. Make sure their interactions with the natural world are just as positive as our own. Barrett, thanks for uh, letting us bounce that one off you. you. You're always great with us, and we appreciate the time. We're out of time, unfortunately, so we must say goodbye. Thank you. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is off today on Friday. We wanted to know about your favorite barbecue recipes and grilling techniques. We could fill a cookbook with some of the responses we received from you on how you love to embrace cooking outdoors. Many of you all year round. From burgers to steak, from ribs to pierogies, we were salivating uncontrollably as your suggestions poured in. The air was full with the smells of outdoor cooking all weekend long. Oh, and it was absolutely fabulous to get outside. Finally managed to barbecue this weekend twice, in fact. Once we did burgers, which had been in stock, as I like to say, in the freezer over the winter, and some freshly purchased steaks last night. We are hearing about shortages in the meat coolers at major groceries around the city and across the country, and some retailers are reportedly limiting how much ground beef and other products you can purchase. What about our neighborhood grocery stores? Munther Zeed of our friends at Food Fair joins us now. Good morning, Munther. Good morning. How are you? We're doing well, and, and thanks so much for the way you're serving the public. Uh, always great to get a few minutes with you. We know how busy you are. We'll talk about how your business has changed over the last couple months for you, and, and we'll, uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But let's get right to the question. Is there a, a shortage of beef in the system right now? Well, that'll be an interesting question. Uh, that is an interesting question, I should say. Uh, we'll have more information this week from our suppliers. From what we've been told on Friday, uh, we are to expect uh, various cuts to be uh, shorted uh, in the next uh, week or two. Uh, they're trying to bring some stuff in from the States also, but uh, there's a lot of unknowns until we hear in the next day or two. How long do you think that this might be uh, a thing, be an issue? Uh, well, uh Basically, the plants will resume production in just over two weeks, so a week to produce, a week to distribute. So we're looking at about a month or so, possibly a little bit more, uh, but pricing is an issue right now. Now, we know there have been massive challenges over the past two months, as we mentioned off the top, uh, but you've been super innovative in terms of how you've handled that. How do you think it's going overall, Munther? Uh, you know what? Uh, good. Uh, this past week seems to be calming down a little bit. People aren't consuming as much or buying as much uh, of all things, whether it be cleaning supplies, food. It's sort of, I mean, it's still busy, but a little bit calmer than usual in this past week. Yeah, and just thinking of your, your meat counter, I mean, your, your food fair is renowned for its uh, meat counters. So if uh, people come in and they, they come looking for, you know, their particular cut and it, they're told, oh, well, it might be a couple of weeks before we get more of that, uh, do you think that your customers will be understanding well, I can tell you, I can speak pretty confidently right now, that won't happen with us right now at our stores. Uh, we've got some good relationships. We have a bit of stock. I think our stores are going to be good for the next week, week and a half. Um, and then we'll probably see some possible issues. But uh, 
it changes day by day right now. Munther, you mentioned that word relationship, and of course we have a relationship with you here at CJOB uh, that's uh, ongoing and as strong as it's ever been in my estimation, and relationships with your customers, your suppliers. How have you been able to to maintain those relationships, not only right now in those trying times, but over the years? What, what's that underlying philosophy? Because I ha- have a feeling that's going to be as important moving forward as it is right now. Well, uh, dealing with... Uh not the same suppliers, but let's say the same suppliers uh, has its perks. Uh, they give you preference on uh, as supply comes in. They give you the option of getting it first in times like this. Um, where we've got uh, two or three main beef suppliers, pork suppliers, and they really uh, treat us well. They're local. Uh, we're local. So uh, the local team, as you want to call it, take care of each other. And you mentioned that it doesn't seem like maybe people are coming in as much. Do you think maybe that's because there was sort of once the, the new regulations came in where we now people were all waiting in line to get into the stores where they are, they're just stocking up on everything in one shot as opposed yeah, to maybe... Yeah, I mean, it could be two issues. One, stocking up and people realize that, hey, I better start using what I have. Another issue could be money's tight, uh, so they're just using what they have. So checks are out, I believe, at the end of this week. Uh, we'll see what happens. So, uh, again, it, there could be many scenarios of why things have calmed down. could be the weather, people are outside doing walks, uh, cleaning up the yards, spring cleaning, uh, many different reasons. Munther, do you find people are, are discovering you for the first time or maybe rediscovering you after uh, maybe shopping elsewhere over a period of time? Has this had, had some benefit in terms of uh, creating uh, perhaps a rekindling uh, relationships that, that were once uh, vibrant? Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, one, our lineups aren't as, as long or you don't have to wait as long time-wise. Uh, so people are in and out. Our prices are just as good, if not better, in the fresh departments, the meat and produce. Uh, even on general groceries, people are finding that we're no different than the bigger block stores. Uh, our delivery service is same day. You don't have to wait seven days or ten days or two weeks to get your order. You place your order today, you get it today. We're delivering as late as 8, 9, 10 p.m. at night to make sure our customers are being served and they get their groceries same day. How do I make a delivery order? Is it online or do I just call the store? Uh, well, we, we did launch a new online uh, through a company called Canadian E-Commerce. You download the app. There's that way you can call the store in your community, put your number down, they'll call you back. Or you can email us directly to the store. Emailing is the quickest way right now. From the point that you hit that send button to the point it's delivered is about three-hour turnaround. Munther, thanks for this as always, and we'll keep in touch with you with regard to this uh, potential beef shortage. And uh, if you're seeing anything unusual, feel free to reach out and let us know if you wouldn't mind. Definitely, definitely. Have a great day. You too, Munther. Thank you so much. Munther Zeed from Food Fair joining us live on 680 CJOB. And one of the great things I like about Food Fair too, Greg, one of the many things I like, but uh, they often have stuff that you can't find anywhere else. Like, uh, I remember I was do I was on location at the one uh, down Portage, uh, I think it's by Mount Royal, uh, and they, he pulled, he, he showed me that they've got, they had, I think, they, was it either vanilla Coke or cherry Coke, but it was one that had specifically come from England. 
as opposed to the cherry Coke that might have been produced in North America. And it, it, oh, had, wow. it had a slightly different formula. They said, you can't get this anywhere else. So like, there, there are all sorts of hidden gems that you can find in food fair that you won't find in other grocery stores. So uh, that's part of the fun. Whenever I go to food fair to, to just get, like, I'll go in and grab, like, a handful of bananas or some mushrooms or whatever, a block of cheese. But I always just like to walk in, up and down the aisles to see if there's something new that I might want to take home and try. It's a fun store. I think when we were celebrating their anniversary back just after the Grey Cup would have been early December and uh, you know how they like to bring the prices back from the past. Well, they brought something that my kids had never seen before. It was almost like the future, lime crush. And I brought (laughs) six lime crush home and while my kids crushed them uh, very quickly. And you're right, there are some things at food fair that you, you simply can't find elsewhere, in, including those uh, magical, uh, was it the chocolate uh, corn flakes or what? what oh, what chocolate your... frosted flakes. Yeah. Chocolate frosted flakes uh, that uh, Munther has uh, dropped off uh, for you at the radio station in the past. So uh, we'll be keeping an eye on that with regard to the, the ground beef or the beef shortage. If you're seeing anything, you can email us always. I'm GMAC, GMA. A-C-K at cjob.com. Brett is B-R-E-T-T at cjob.com or McNabb, N-C-N-A-B-B at cjob.com. If you're seeing anything we need to know about, please feel free to reach out. We always love hearing from you. And in the States, when I when my mom used to bring me back boxes of chocolate frosted flakes when she'd head down there with her friends, uh, I guess because it also had Spanish in the box, it was chocolate frosted flakes on one side and on the back it was Choco Zucaritas! <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I love the Spanish uh, labeling. Uh, French is great, but Spanish just, uh, they, they take things uh, just, a, just a little bit uh, higher level in terms of the eight entertainment value, it feels. Yeah, and I love, and did Kelly mention that show earlier, Money Heist, that he's watching on Netflix? I am just devouring that right now. It's a Spanish show, and part of the joy of watching it is just listening to mm. that language. It is just, um, it's so musical and lyrical and passionate, so I enjoy that. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is off today. As we mentioned earlier, around 7.45, I went to grab a couple of beers on Saturday afternoon, stopped at a place called Beer Boutique on Regent Avenue West. There's a sign on the door that said, Sorry, we have limited stock. Due to service interruptions with Manitoba's Beer Distribution Network, we are currently short on stock and may be limited in our brand offerings. We hope this problem will soon be corrected. And there have been similar issues in Alberta and Ontario, and uh, I believe there was a cyber attack on a distributor that messed some things up, so we'll get some details on that in a moment. Uh, by the way, the guy in front of me at the store was telling the clerks he went to the Princess Hotel in Transcona, the Central Hotel. They didn't have what he was looking for, nor did Beer Boutique. Eventually, they sold him a local beer. That's what I was there for, to grab some great local beer from the likes of Fort Gary, Barnhammer, and Torque Brewing, with whom we spoke at 745, Greg. Scott Jocelyn is president of the Manitoba Hotel Association, and he joins us live now on the start. Good morning, Scott. How are you both? Good to be on. We're doing, we're doing all right, as well as can be expected. Yeah. So what's driving this shortage? Uh, Scott, can you tell us what's happening and how it's affecting uh, the members of your association who don't have enough things to put up with and deal with right now? Yeah, the timing uh, the timing is not good. Um, so there was, uh, uh, as Brad had mentioned, there was a computer uh, virus uh, that happened about three and a half, four weeks ago now. Um, and um, so, yeah, it's, it's limiting what we have... Uh, what we can offer to our customers, the major uh, distributor of the uh, of beer in Manitoba is uh, has got the virus, and that makes it difficult for us to get product. 
So where the, uh, who got hit with this cyber so, attack? Uh, Brewers Distributing Limited. They would supply the majority of beer in the province. Um, most of the beer would come out of their warehouse. And uh, so there was a computer virus um, on their end. And uh, so it's, um, though we've kind of, um, you know, it's probably... It's not the biggest problem that we're facing on top of everything else, I guess. It's not good. Not good timing. Uh, operators are kind of conditioned to uh, um, getting their orders on specific days. We've got a pretty good system that works here, um, and, uh, and the system is challenged. Though it's gotten better, they, they created a, a manual workaround, and I really got to tip my hat to the, to the team at, uh, at BDL. It's been really, really challenging, and uh, we wanted to make sure that our customers, when they were coming to the beer stores, were aware that if they don't if they weren't able to find the specific product or the package size that they normally uh, normally are looking for, that there's a reason for that, and that's why we created the signs. Uh, I, I would su- suggest that beer drinkers are as brand loyal a bunch as there are, Scott. I mean, uh, uh, men in particular are, are known for their brand loyalty when it comes to beer. I, I think that might be as evident in that aspect uh, as anywhere else. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. Even if you look at a, you know, your favorite beer store that you like to go to and and uh, Brett with Brett's known me for a long time. He knew that I grew up in the industry and you know, I know that even if we moved a shelf around and moved that uh, you know, that someone's case from the third door down to the fourth door down, they'd come in and they they're not even realizing they're so conditioned to go to that door, they would pick up a case and then as they're as they're coming to the cashier, they would realize they have the wrong one. So, I agree with you. They're very uh, they're very conditioned. Um like I said, it's unfortunate timing. Um, I think that we're uh, we're on the better side of it. Uh, the manual system, they've like I said, the manual system they've set up is is working okay. Uh, there's still been some challenges. We'd love to see them go, uh, you know, get it back to normal. That would certainly be appreciated. Um, I think is so much stuff we're dealing with the COVID that you know one of our one of our main components, our, our last component, I guess, of our business is still operating is our retail beer uh, network. And as people are looking to get a case of beer, we want to make sure we have product for them to uh, to pick up. And uh, you say that the, the attack happened about three weeks ago. Has, has the shortage been happening for three weeks? Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's gotten better uh, as they've kind of, like I said, as they've kind of worked the manual system around. You know, and it's funny, again, Brett, you'd know me for, for so long. I remember when everything was manual, right? So, um, you know, I remember when you used to go to a beer store and you used to be able to uh, only get sixes and twelves of bottles. I mean, I'm that old, I guess. Uh, but, you know, now there's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of items that people can get. Uh, so on, on a regular, normal day when things are going nicely. And uh, so, uh, you know, for the last three weeks, the brands that are available and the package sizes available have been limited. I'm old enough to remember when they converted from stubbies to long neck bottles, Scott. So Me too. You don't yeah. Ha- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. That goes way back. The industry yeah. has changed so much. And, it has. And uh, the, the, uh, the attraction of the local beer and the craft beers is, is something that's got to please you, I suspect, uh, just a, not only a larger variety for us to choose from, but just the idea. You know, Molson Labatt's left Manitoba years and years ago in terms of their plants. So to, to have people working in that industry in our province, I think, is a good thing. Well, you know, we're in the customer-pleasing business, right? So we want to give people every opportunity to come into our places. And, uh, you know, I, I think of some of the places, some of our operators, and the amount of SKUs that they carry. Uh, they don't want to miss out on a sale. They want to make sure they've got everything available. So as these new products come online, they want to make sure they're carrying them in their beer vendors. All right, Scott Jocelyn, President and CEO of the Manitoba Hotel Association, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Scott, thank you for the time as always, sir. Thanks. Stay safe to both of you. Thank you very much. 
Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.